Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Wednesday, January 19th, day 2022. Coming right up, it's the Book of Psalms, chapter 41. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. This Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy for you to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing, marketing, advertising, helping with the website, helping with the podcast, whatever God-given talents you have. God expects you to use it in the many-member body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry. This Bible teaching podcast is only possible with your donations. Give it up for God and your whole human family at companionchapel.com. How are you blessing others with the blessings God has given you? Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. Companion Chapel is located at number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. The postal code here is N0G2N0. And the phone number here is 509-706-8876. Please turn with me in your Bibles to chapter 41 of the great book of Psalms. And we have David talking here. And it's always by David, and it relates to the true David. And when you say David, it means beloved. And yeah, David fell short. Obviously, he was bound by the perimeters of being in this flesh body, of being human. But the true David, our Lord Jesus Christ, never fell short. Let's read this here. This is about human mortality and what's in store for us. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in his time of trouble. We're talking about when you're facing your mortality, when you're getting down to your last last breath. And uh, who's God going to consider? People that had compassion on other people. People that um, had compassion on the weak or feeble or even the downtrodden. Just people who had compassion and viewed everybody on planet Earth through God's eyes as part of the whole human family. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou will not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. This is big here because we're talking about uh, your mortality when you're going to die in these flesh bodies. But he will keep you alive. He's the God of life. Our God is the God of the living, not the death, not the dead. And of course you're going to pass off in these flesh bodies. Like you get 60, 80 years, whatever it is. Make the best of it. Make sure you serve the Lord. And he's telling us, hey, you're going to be tripping around in your spiritual body somewhere. And he's saying, even on the earth here. But thou will deliver him unto the will of his enemies. Will not deliver him. This is not the word will in your King James. It's soul. It's nephesh. Satan wants your soul. Snefesh in the Hebrew. I don't know why they put will here. Now just remember, where do you want your will or your uh, soul to be delivered to? To, to? to the deliverer himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, our salvation, through the ministry of salvation? That's his darling. Remember back in a couple of Psalms ago, we see the word darling. The word darling refers to God explaining to us it comes through in the etymology of the Hebrew words. But God explained to us, that was my only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ. My soul, part of my soul, my darling, was dwelt within the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And here we have the soul of his enemies. Satan wants your soul. It's the only thing he gets power from. He gets power from people who adhere to the ways and things of the world, which are just leading to destruction of the planet and the annihilation of the human race. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. That thou will make all his bed in his sickness. He will comfort you on your deathbed. You get an angel escort right up to the pearly gates, and then you're going to get judged pronto because you have to go somewhere. So just think about that. You will meet your maker, and he's not going to just leave you like in limbo or purgatory like some religions say. That's just blasphemy. It's not in the Bible at all. That's an embarrassment to mankind and an abomination to God to even, even, even suggest those things. As far as purgatory is concerned, that's by one religion that is just destitute of truth. It's the exact same church that put Christ to death. It's the exact same people. Just, just their posterity. Same big shot church with the big dress and the ridiculous hat, acting all holy like the Sadducees and Pharisees did. And who was the occupational army? Occup occupying force back then in Jerusalem. What was the Romans when Jesus Christ was put to death on that cross? He laid down his life at the appointed time. He fulfilled prophecy as it's written to the letter. But who are the ones that were saying crucify him? Who was, who was in charge of that obscene mob scene that came against our Lord Jesus Christ? It was the church clergy. Because an occupying force doesn't really care. They just want peace. But if it's going to, you know, they're going to adhere to the, the masses. And where did those people go? Those big church, big shots, and the effeminate clothes with the big hats and looking all holy. Well, they went back, they followed the Romans back to Rome. That's where they are now. They teach things like purgatory. They can't even get the Ten Commandments straight. They changed them. It's called Catholicisms. Like, come on, they're destitute of truth. And we pray for those people. But be careful. Just think about that. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. This word languishing is a key word in your Bible. It is a key word that belongs in the glossary of your Bible. The, the glossary are threads that run through the Bible through key words. And we're going to talk about uh, this word in an upcoming lesson soon. This is the key word that to unlock Acts chapter 10, 11, and 12. When people think they can go ahead and eat pork, or they think they can go ahead and, and flop on the floor like a fish and speak in tongues, and nobody else understands them, where the Bible says everybody understands the person speaking in tongues in their own dialect. So just to, not to digress too far, but if someone's flopping on the floor, thinking they're speaking in tongues, I'll tell you something. You're faking it, brother or sister or whoever you are. You're faking it. Because if someone's speaking in tongues, somebody from Russia, somebody from India, somebody from China, somebody from Portugal, and me, somebody from White Trash, wherever I came from, Ontario, are standing there and someone's speaking in tongues, we understand them, each of us, in our own language, even in our own dialect, to the letter. So when somebody told me the other day, well, we had somebody speaking in tongues in the church, and uh, there was someone there and translated it. I'm saying, well, you, did you understand it? Then, they're, then they're, they're lying. Because if they translated it, what Bible verse did they say? Because the Bible specifically says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the last page of your Bible. You cannot add to the Bible and you cannot subtract anything from the Bible. So if someone's flopping around and someone says, oh, I translated that. Yeah, I speak that language. What did they say? And he's lying too, flat out. If someone speaks in tongues, everybody understands it 
in their own dialect. It doesn't matter if no one else in the room can speak to each other because of a language barrier. The person speaking in tongues, everybody can understand it. God is not the author of confusion. He is not the he's not the orator of disorder and chaos and flopping on the ground. Jesus Christ spoke about that. The lunatic, lunar. It's a parable in there. And a parable is there because it applies to everybody's day-to-day situation. It's not some side story like somebody tried to tell me the other day. Some alleged Christian said, Oh, a parable, just, like, that's just a story, Michael. It's like, really? It's a genius way to cover unlimited amounts of day-to-day situations that you can apply that parable to what's happening to you. It's a supernatural genius way that mankind can come up with to explain things, what's going on. If someone's flopping around on the ground, I would uh, administer a drug test or take them to detox or rehab or get a garden hose out and spray them because it's a sideshow. They got a demon on you if, or they're just doing it for a sideshow. It's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our Lord Jesus Christ's character. It's his intellect. It's his reactive attitude that motivates all actions. The Holy Spirit is the intellect of the soul of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who's through the darling that we read about in the book of Psalms, which explains to us, our Lord Jesus Christ carried the very soul of of God himself, Yahweh, Yeshua Messiah, salvation of Yahweh. And you're trying to tell me his spirit will flop you on the floor and talk gibberish that nobody understands? And then some guy will come along, oh, I can translate that. Well, you better you translate it for me right now. And I better under, you better be quoting from the Bible or you're adding or subtracting. And I don't even believe you anyway. Because if I don't understand it, then, it does, then no one can understand. Speaking in tongues is just a lie. Everybody will understand. And you won't even know if they're speaking in tongues anyway because you will understand. And that was a huge digression. And I think I'm uh, cranky. Okay, verse uh, 4. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against thee. Heal my soul. Heal me right beyond the intellect of my soul, my spirit. Heal me right down to the depths of my soul. But I have sinned against thee. He's asking. He's saying. He's acknowledging that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only one who can heal you now since he's come and gone. And he's coming back. Don't you think otherwise? He did not sin. That's why he has the right to forgive sin. Nobody else does. There was no guile, no malice, no corruption found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was perfect in all his ways. He was innocent, not guilty. He got dragged up onto that cross, but he didn't fight it because he's fulfilling prophecy. Because Satan had nothing on him at all. He laid down his life at the appointed time for us, for you, for me, so he could set up a kingdom of heaven that is valid, legit, bona fide, that will not accommodate evil because Jesus Christ would not, no sin penetrate him. He was innocent, not guilty. He took the lowest earthly position for us and tried to comprehend being innocent, not guilty, and having somebody drive nails through your hands and feet and stand you up on a pole. Like these people were beyond heathen. Just beyond barbaric. And who instigated it? That church, which now became the Roman church. Don't you think otherwise? They just kill the word of God by not teaching it. Like they did back then, by not teaching it. Adding traditions like purgatory. 
like uh, begging for money. Like, let me tell you something, Catholic person. The Vatican is the richest little country on earth. It's its own sovereign little kingdom. They don't even have to disclose how much money they have. And if you've been paying into that, that's the crappiest investment you've ever made. Like, your timeshares are not even any good. You don't even get to go over there. You can stand in the square and watch this effeminate guy come out, acting all holy. What's he telling you from up there? Oh, he just learned a few Latin words and a few... Whoopie-doo. He's just standing there ever with a Bible, saying, Open your Bibles with me, please, too. I'm going to teach you this. For I be the holy of holy... Who even calls himself that? That guy's got a lot of jam. Anyway, pray for that guy, too. And, uh, yeah... I think I'm cranky today. Four. My enemies speak evil of me. When shall he die and his name perish? Okay, when are these enemies going to die and their name perish? Like, we don't want anybody to die. We're all part of the human family. That's why it says when, when somebody repents, all the angels rejoice. Because we're all part of the human family. Like, let go of your selfish, self-indulgent ways and think about others. And when are these people going to die? Well, let me tell you something. Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy are those that take part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. So we're talking about when are the names going to perish? Great white throne judgment. And by that time, after a whole millennium period of us praying for the people that didn't make it into the heaven side, that's strike two for them. And they're over there on the hell side, and we're praying, let it go, man. Come over here so we can get on with the eternity, a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. We all fell. It says in the Bible, one-third fell. One-third followed Satan. I said, God, let them, because it's free will. You can't force somebody to love you. And that's us. Where's the other two-thirds? They didn't follow Satan. They're the angels, the hosts of heaven. They're up there waiting for us so they can get on with the eternity too. Like, let's go. But you can't bring your evil attitudes and aptitudes into, into the kingdom of heaven or it would be nothing more than a new hell. So Jesus Christ has every valid universal right to say to somebody, no, you can't come into heaven until you let go of those things because nobody can say, well, you did it, Jesus. You know, you're a sinner. No, he's not. You have the trademarks of evil dwelling with inside you, Jesus Christ. No, he doesn't. And he was tortured beyond what any of us could have been tortured and tempted beyond what any of us could have been tempted by a supernatural being as it's described in Ezekiel chapter 28. Satan was made in the full pattern of beauty and wisdom in the highest supernatural order. He was the covering cherub of the very throne of God. He was just tripping around on the altar of God. He was supposed to be watching over us. And we were looking up at him, I can just imagine. I strain to think about that. Sometimes I just think I get the odd glimpse of all of us singing for joy for Father. And then we're looking over at this entity he created that we now call Satan, the devil, the demons, or the devil, the, uh, the old serpent. And... um. And we're looking up at him, and he's looking down at us, and then he, he starts sizing up our Father, our Heavenly Father himself, and challenges God's sovereignty, slandered God to us, and one-third of us followed Satan when he said, you know what, you guys can govern yourselves, and uh, I'm going to be your leader. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 14. I'll be the God most high above the clouds, and the clouds is another key word in the Bible. It means clouds of people, clouds of witnesses. Okay, that will translate itself when you run that through the Bible, but that's what Satan thinks. I will be the God most high. 
I will be above the clouds. I'll be above everybody, including God himself. He challenged God's sovereignty. And he tried to get one third. He tried to get all of us to follow him. And he got one third of us, me, you, anybody that's had to pass through the matrix once born, innocent of woman, followed Satan. And we have to get born once innocent of woman and come to terms with what's inside of us. That's why God said in the Bible, that's what the Bible says. There's evil in the heart right from youth. It's something we carried. That's why God can say to Jeremiah, I knew you from before, Jeremiah. That's why God can say to Paul, you are a chosen vessel. Because he knew him from before. That's why he can say to Esau and Jacob and to us through the Bible, Jacob I loved, Esau I hated. Still in the womb. How can you hate somebody that's not even been born yet? Oh, God knows. God knows you from before. He knew the ideals and characteristics that each one of us was carrying. Jacob was a contender. Like he, like he had to fight his whole life just to get what he wanted. But he never complained. Esau, on the other hand, he, he had murder in his heart. He had, and then where did Esau go? It's Rus, the Rus nations. He has dictatorship in his heart. He has tyrant in his heart, communism in his heart. God hates that. So Esau, he hated. So my whole point is, God knows what's inside you. And that's why the Bible says, give thanks for chastisement. And God only chastises those he loves. He's trying to get you to correct yourself on the principles of free will, which God will not violate. God will not violate the principles of free will. It's up to you to come to terms with what is inside of you through your life circumstances based on free will. But it's something that we all carried. For myself, yeah, superficial, obscene sense of entitlement, thinking I was better than others. And whoa, did God ever show me? Thinking I deserve more? Oh, did God ever show me? And I thank you, God, for that chastisement. I never would have come to repentance. What if everything was just, just went just perfect? What if I was, you know, in my early 20s and, hey, uh, Jesus Christ, I need 10 grand. 10 grand up, let's go. Top up my credit card here. Like, I want to go trip around one. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I'm in a bind here. Yeah, let's have some uh, money. And can you fix this car truck for me? And, uh, yeah, these people aren't acting the way. Like, what, what do you think? God's your personal butler. That's why what it says in the Bible, God, will, God knows what you need. And he will give you. Ask and you shall receive. But he's not going to give you something that is going to be detrimental to your eternal life. It's, it's, it's all on the line right now, in the here and now. So you get you pass through the you pass through the matrix once born innocent of woman. We are the one third that fell and followed Satan. And the proof is look at the planet. We just destroy the planet with our attitudes. And we're annihilating each other. We have to come to terms with what's inside each and every one of us. No, the government's not gonna fix it. God's not gonna come down and fix our attitudes. We have to fix them ourselves. It's free will if we want to carry on with the eternity. And we have to fix them ourselves. We have to come to terms with what is inside of us. So that God can reconcile us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the universal truth. And that's as simple as that. But people will blame God when something doesn't go their way. That's double jeopardy. So when shall he die and his name perish? A great white throne judgment by that time. Dude, if you're still carrying attitudes of obscene entitlement, greed, gluttony, possessiveness, anxiety, blame, regrets. If you're still carrying the trademarks of evil, anger, aggression arrogance, 
and it's coming up on White Throne Judgment, you've exhausted all of us, man. doesn't matter who you are. And later, dude, like later as in never. And sorry, we've been praying for you. It brings nobody any joy to see somebody go to hell. And that's the weirdest thing. I heard somebody talking about that. Big giant super preacher saying, yeah, 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 it'll feel good to see some of those people in hell. You got it wrong, man. You got it wrong. You don't understand the principles of forgiveness then. And that's so sad that you're teaching that to your ginormous uh, congregation. It'll be, yeah, when you see people over there that have done wrong, it'll feel good to see them over in hell. What, frown like a piece of bacon? We want, we, that's our brother or sister. They just went the wrong way. They can get rid of those attitudes and come to repentance. They're not going to come up to you sniveling, begging you for forgiveness. You have to pray for them. Hey, let go of those things. There's an eternity up here. This little short lifetime. Look what we've done to each other. And look what we've done to God's creation. Mother Earth herself. It will bring you the true people. The true people, true Christians. Find no elation whatsoever in other people's downfalls, faults, and miseries. No matter what they've done. So you have to come to repentance. Let it go. Are you going to hell for a thousand years? And you're in danger of great white throne judgment. Revelation chapter 20 verse 6. Blessed and holy are those that take part in the first resurrection. On such, the second death has no power. Do you think you are blessed and holy if you're still carrying grudges against other people? Yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, he stole my trailer. That guy, he ripped me off. I remember that guy, you know. Yeah, you belong in hell. Which is, no, man. You're praying. Hey, that attitude of obscene entitlement over others that you can just... Steal, lie, cheat, commit fraud. You know, you can't come into the kingdom of heaven. And we feel bad for those people and we pray for them. Even up in the millennium period, the thousand year period. We look at others with compassion and understand human frailty. And that's when, when shall his name, when shall he die and his name perish? If he can't let go of it. If he just can't let go of it. Then later, man, because we want to get on with the eternity. And it's not going to be in these nagging, nuisance, flesh bodies. It's going to be in our natural, spiritual body. No aging. We'll get to comprehend infinity. We'll get to be... Oh, just, dude, are you kidding me? Like, I can't wait. Six. And if he come to see me, he speaketh vanity. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goeth abroad, he telleth it. What are we talking about here? It's not only David, but looking forward to the true David. We're talking about traitors that come up on you. Like back then, it was, oh, Athiphel, if you studied the book of Samuel with me, this guy's a character, man. He's David's inner, in his inner circle. He's an inner advisor to David. And then when David started to uh, fall away from God and everything started to fall apart in his life like a cheap lawn chair, and his son, uh, I forget his name, Absalom, was uh, challenging daddy's sovereignty there. Whoosh, jeez. Athiphel was a traitor. And he went over and started talking uh, talking like a big shot to Absalom. Remember Anthophel in, in the book of Samuel? And also Judas. The same thing. They go and they talk behind your back. All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. Yeah, when it came down to the Lord Jesus Christ, it turned into an obscene mob scene. And today it's via martyrdom. When people question God's word instead of asking questions about God's word. Because when you question God's word, that means you think you know better. 
So you be careful. An evil disease, say they, cleaveth fast unto him. They called the Lord Jesus Christ Beelzebub. Like, that it means it's so derogatory. It is ex extreme derogatory. The king of the dunghill. And now he lieth, he shall rise up no more. Yeah, once they put him to death, they thought, well, they thought wrong, didn't they? And looking forward in the very new future, that is why the Antichrist, when Satan manifests in his purest form at the six vial, six seal, six trump, which, believe me, is in the mail. God's circuit is just about finished here. Wrapping up the, wrapping up the affairs of time on this flesh age. They won't bury the two witnesses. Because Satan thinks, if I don't bury them, maybe, maybe I can keep them down. Maybe I can change the written word. Somehow he's been trying to interfere with it since day one. Since Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between your seed, Satan, and the seed of the woman. Her seed and your seed, Satan. Hostile hatred is what it is. Yea, my own friend, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Think about this. Let's talk about, just go to Judas Iscariot. Jesus Christ said these words, but he did not say whom I trusted. Because in John 2, 24, 25, he knows what's in your heart. He knows your thoughts and intents. We've been so reduced and restricted in these flesh bodies to give us a better chance to come to terms with what's inside of us. Like, we are so reduced and restricted, we can't even look up in the sky and comprehend infinity. We can't do it. It's impossible. Not even the wildest... Buzzier, light buzzier imagination can comprehend infinity back, infinity forward. We've been reduced and restricted. So we can come to terms with what's inside of us. And think about this. Jesus Christ said, in whom I trust. He didn't say that. That's He left that out in John 3, 13, 18. He didn't trust. He knows what's in people's hearts. You have to trust the Lord to be trusted. But he knew. He knew that Judas was uh, stealing money. Judas already bought a piece of property. You rarely hear this from the pulpit. But if you read the book of Acts carefully, Judas bought a piece of property already in the, in the Gospels of money that he stole. And that 30, the 30 bucks he got for betraying the Lord, you know, he threw that back into the, into the church coffers there. And then they went and bought a piece of land, and that's where, they, that's where they mopped the floor with old Judas there. But remember, Antiphal and Judas both had the same fate. They were absolutely mortified with what they did. Just mortification of the soul. That they were so selfish, thinking about themselves, thinking about the here and now. What's in it for me? They ended up offing themselves. Now, remember the 11 disciples perceived or thought Judas betrayed Christ because of the money bag. Like Judas was the treasurer. Satan is the treasurer of the world right now. Judas was the treasurer of those guys tripping around in their sandals and sheets and handing out fish sandwiches. But he was already stealing. We just talked about the two properties. But Christ didn't care about the stupid money bag. He knows what's in people's hearts. Christ wasn't like, hey, Judas, how much money we got? Like, can we go out for dinner tonight? Like, can we go down to the mall? Let's all get in the van and go to the mall. It's on me. We're just going to buy some new threads and yeah, let's get some new sandals. You know, let's get some new stuff. Let's go to the car dealership and buy a new chariot. Yeah, I want you guys to, I want you guys to carry me around now. Because I'm God, I'm Jesus Christ, I'm like the Lord God most... No, it's, Jesus Christ knows what's in people's hearts. That's why he doesn't give people money. 
Because he knows. They're going to go around thinking they're all that in a bag of chips. Jesus Christ didn't accumulate a dime. He didn't care about that money bag. Of course, they had to eat. Like if they're walking around going through a drive-thru, they got, dude, you're in the flesh body. You got to eat. You got to support your ministry. You got to support your Bible teacher. They got to go to the grocery store too, just like I do. Like people have to be fair and think about the greater good. But he didn't care. Like Jesus Christ knows what's in their heart. Anyways, he trusted him. And these are the words of Jesus Christ. A thousand years before they came to pass. Check it out. John 3. Uh, I think I just said it and I forget it. Uh, 3.18, I believe. Verse 10. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up, that I may requite them. Who could say this? Who could possibly say this? And, and number verse 10. It uh, goes back to uh, just a minute. Just hold with me, please, for one second. Jehovah. I know it says Lord there, but but thou, O Jehovah, be merciful unto me and raise me up that I may requite them. What are we talking about? Make a wrong right. None of us can do that. Only Jesus Christ can. For affliction now, God knows how much affliction we all need to humble for the eternity. Like if you want to follow your vain curiosities, the way the ways of the world, destroying planet Earth and annihilating each other. Just for greed. We all got in everything we need. The world can handle what humanity needs, but it can't handle humanity's greed. And I am now a poet. Okay, so by, but thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me, raise me up. Yeah, Jesus Christ knows. And the millennium period is for correction. Only Jesus Christ could have said that. And this was written a thousand years before. Raise me up, O Lord. I got a job to do. Now let's do this. And uh, I set up a, a kingdom of heaven. That is valid, legit. It will not accommodate evil because no evil was found in me. No sin was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He took the lowest earthly position. He suffered for us beyond our present comprehension. None of us could do that in the face of temptation. None of us could say, well, someone's driving nails through your hands. Yeah, forgive these guys. They don't know what they do. After they've already mopped the floor with Jesus Christ. He was so beat up, he couldn't even carry his cross. And then they're up there. Then they have him, the Lord God Most High, hanging off a cross in his underwear. Like, just, like, how can you not get choked up to think about that? This guy came down here. He had to take the lowest earthly position so nobody could say, you don't know anything like Jesus. No one could snivel to the Lord. There's no sniveling, no blaming, and there's no regrets. Or, oh, yeah, if only those person would have done this. So Jesus Christ considers human frailty. He'll forgive if you mean it, if it comes from the heart, and it's not in you anymore to act like that then you can come into the king, kingdom of heaven side. Otherwise, you can't fake it. You can't have lip service. You can't plead your way into the kingdom of heaven. Our Lord Jesus Christ did not compromise with evil. He will not negotiate with evil, and he will not make concessions with evil. No matter how holy you think you are, unless you follow these simple instructions in this little tiny 700-page novel, your Bible, then... That's just too bad for you. You'll hear the most mortifying words known to mankind. Depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. Don't come up here playing Holy Joe. Your credit card's no good up here. Yeah, money bags. Yeah, sniveler. Yeah, Mr. S Mr. and Mrs. Regret. If only they would have done this. If only they would have done that. You got to roll with it, man. That's all there is to it. When it's a perfect world, Jesus Christ will let you know. Until that day, dude, 
It is hell. This is a prison colony. Try and stay happy. Try and stay positive. Our Lord Jesus Christ over and over. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Verse 1 of this Psalms 41. Blessed. That means be happy. Verse 13 of this Psalms 41. Happy. And we're almost there now. By this I know that thou favorest me, because my enemy doth not triumph over me. Jesus Christ wins, that's all there is to it, because evil will eat itself up from the inside out. Evil will destroy the wicked. That's all there is to it. And we read about that in the book of Revelation, chapter 17, 18, the great glossary chapters of the Bible. That's true. When you think, when you start getting on about something that, you know, offenses of the way of the world, something that's offended you, how do you feel inside when you don't forgive, when you're still holding on to it? You can't live in the present if you're still living in the past and your future's dead in the water because you feel burning up inside. I've felt jealousies. I've felt anger, aggression. I was the poster child of evil. And God says, oh, you, th you think by being all angry and aggressive, you're going to make everything work out? Go ahead. God, let me. Go ahead. And when you're done beating yourself up before you've burnt yourself out, either have a heart attack or you just you just fold like a cheap lawn chair. You, my arms are always stretched out. Just forgive everybody. Consider human frailty. And, you know, you're not a doormat. Meek in the Bible, the meek shall inherit the earth, means you are afflicting yourself with self-discipline. Learning to say no to yourself. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> well, excuse me. Spotting other people for who they are. Someone stole off you once and they drive back up your laneway. Yeah, I'm not going to stand there with a welcome mat. I'm going to stand there and say, bring it, buddy. You know, I'm going to stand there with a baseball bat. You know, get lost. Unless you're bringing my stuff back, get lost. Unless you want to say sorry, then get lost. I don't trust you. You have to prove it to me. You spot people. You don't judge them. Don't go around. That guy's a thief. That guy's a thief. You know, Just say, all right. You know, dude stole something from me. And unless he's coming back to make amends, then no. Not, no welcome, Matt. But say hello to the baseball bat. Because I'm meek. I, I have learned to say no to myself in the face of all vain curiosities. I'm not going to hold anything against that guy. People steal. People lie. People cheat. People are fraudsters. People blame. People think they have this obscene, obscene sense of entitlement over others. And that's just the way human beings are. We can't govern ourselves. We have a 100% failure rate at governing ourselves. But Jesus Christ triumphs over all. All evil. And as for me, thou upholdest me in, that, in my integrity and settest me before thy face forever. And Jesus Christ can say this. This refers to Christ. And it will refer to those who he confesses their names to, to Father. Because there's a natural order of things. Revelation chapter 1, if you can see that. Our Father, He will not allow corruption to dwell in front of Him. Period. So it goes, Our Father, Yahweh, His only begotten Son, the darling of His soul, Yeshua Messiah, the salvation of Yahweh, the ministry of salvation, His righteous right arm, the mediator to Father. The angels... And anyone who can uh, prophesy, and prophesy now means there's nothing new. just means you can articulate the Bible and, and, and have the message conveyed the way it's supposed to be conveyed to others. That's all prophesy means now. It certainly doesn't mean falling on the ground, blabbing around, and, uh, and, and thinking you're speaking in tongues, because you're not. And I'll call you on it every time. And somebody's challenging me that right now in the church. I'm like, bring it. Flop on the floor, and I want to know, I, I should be able to know exactly what Bible verse you're trying to teach. And if you're not, 
then I'm just going to call you on it. And if you do it outside and there's a garden hose around, I'm going to spray you. Verse 13, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. From the ages of ages are God of Israel. That's to say, uh, you know what? The definition of Israel. This is a good time to talk about that. Because I've kind of uh, not been clear, and somebody pointed that out to me. It says, you know, you talk about the word Israel all the time, Michael, but you're never clear about it. If you want the biblical definition of what Israel means, don't go to somebody in Israel. What does Israel mean? Don't go, not always translate within the Bible is what I'm saying. Israel, the, the definition of Israel, which is a cipher for Isaac, Sarah, Rebecca, Abraham, and Leah. And the, why it's called Israel is because it means God commands, God orders, God rules. Genesis chapter 32, verse 28. And always remember God is. He's your father, Yahweh. Christ had the very soul of God. Psalms 22, 20. Psalms 35, 18. I had, listen, this is my second crack at Psalms chapter 41 because I think I'm cranky and I think it's because it's winter and I'm all alone. I have no electricity. It's freezing cold and I did get some firewood and it is garbage because it is soaking wet. Yet I paid full price. Thank you very much, Mr. Uh, Wetwood dude. You have a sizzling good deal on Wetwood. Thank you. But I really appreciate it. It wasn't malicious. I know this guy, and I really like him. It just happens. It was at the bottom of the pile, no doubt about it. You know what? Whoopie do. It's cold. It's January 19th. This is a companion chapel. You can get a hold of me. Please just, just contact me through email. It means so much to me just to get your emails because I'm so lonely out here. It's just me and my little dog, Landau Ray. Your emails mean a lot to me. Companionchapel at gmail.com. You can ask questions, and I plan on starting to answer questions at the end of these podcasts. I'm going to do a podcast for like 30 minutes and then 10 minutes of question and answer. And then hopefully uh, someone will come along and want to help produce these podcasts and try and get a control of these podcasts because all my listeners are in the United States for some reason. Hardly any in Canada, but uh, hello to all the Canadians. And in the United States, like almost every state now, except Alaska and Hawaii. But anyways, five different countries. Somebody help me get control of this podcast. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. Nothing's going to benefit me. I don't want anything. When I pray, I don't pray anything for myself. I just want to serve the Lord and serve all of you. My part in the many-member body is that God has allowed me. He's allowed me to articulate the scriptures and convey the message the way he wants to convey to the whole world. I'm a servant to my whole human family. I love each and every one of you. Don't think I love what you're doing. Like, stop right there. But I love you because we're all part of the human family. And we're all God's children. He wants us all to come to repentance and sing for joy for Him again in a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. That's a place of safety. It's a place of completeness. It's a place of love and compassion. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself a great day. And, oh yeah, the email is companionchapel at gmail.com. Have yourself a great day and bye for now.